we're starting the podcast. You know, this is we're starting the podcast. We're coming in hot. We're coming in hot with the podcast. Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Higher Learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Yeah, we have to talk about something that just happened here. Rachel acting like she's a passport passport expert and then finding out that she's not and not being able to admit that she got it wrong. Okay. First of all, just hearing you say that, it's it reminds me of my dad. And second, <laughs> second I, whoa, 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 whoa. I reminded you no, of my living role model. What you said about me that I can't say that I'm wrong. No, what you said about me reminds me. Do you think that the judge would go fishing with me? Absolutely. I'm telling you. You you remember my dad is from the country. So, like, my dad is all about the the horseback riding, fishing, hunting. Oh, the judge. Anyway, tell tell him what you just did to me. Tell him why. So, Van is, for some reason, randomly going through, because Van is all about the random things in life, is going through his passport book and starts noting that he's been to the same places over and over and over again, which he finds funny. I don't, (laughs) you were laughing. Nobody else was. Anyways, Hmm. so he's noting all of this. I'm asking him about the places he travels. Then he starts saying, I'm about out of pages. Can I buy more pages for my book? Mm -hmm. To which I answer, no, you cannot. Then he asks a follow-up question and he says, can I buy a bigger book with more pages? To which I said, no, you cannot. Right. And then Trudy came in, voice of reason, and mm-hmm. said, actually, you can buy a passport with more. With more pages. pages. And Rachel was like, uh, yeah, boom. I was like, boom, what? I asked I two said, questions. I said, I answered the first one right is what I said. I asked two questions, and it was about passport book pages. Can you buy more pages, which is, now that I think about it, a really stupid question. Because how are you going to put more pages into the passport (laughs) book? I don't know. Okay, which is so, okay. And then I asked the second question, can I buy a book with bigger pages? I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what if I traveled all the time? I wouldn't have enough pages in this book. Yeah. So can I buy more? You're you're, you're just full? Because it's 10 years. I actually think I have my passport. Let me see. Oddly enough, I'm talking about you. Oddly enough. You have your passport on you? Actually, no, I lie. I lie. Do you, you have stamps all over it? I do. Stamps all we we the used passport. it twice this summer. That's right, because you went to South America and you went to... To Cancun. Last to Cancun, year we were in Aruba. Mm-hmm. South America, Aruba, Cancun. Aruba. What, who is that, by the way? Key Largo. Oh, wait, I might have made that up. Beach Boys. That's the Beach Boys? That was when the Beach Boys... Where- Go, but that's when the Beach Boys started to suck, right? Okay, that song does not, though. Well, is that song okay? Because here's the thing Beach Boy purists, like, because like Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys is one of the finest minds in music that's ever lived. Like, he is like okay. the stuff that they were doing, like pet sounds and all of that stuff mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. That was really, really important music that they were doing, the Beach Boys were. But then later on, I guess. When I first know, knew about the Beach Boys, I guess they went pop or something like that. And that's when we knew the Beach Boys. And so we got, I guess, the watered down Beach Boys is what I is my understanding of that. This is a this is a black dude from Baton Rouge's understanding of the Beach Boys, because I think that song that we're singing is that song called Kokomo. 
Kokomo, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the song. See, the Kokomo Beach Boys is actually frowned upon. Oh, this I is see, news to me. It's, it's such true. a popular song. It's a very that I thought we all song. loved it. Let's no. see. It came out in 1988. So the Kokomo Beach Boys is actually supposedly frowned upon, whereas the Beach Boys from earlier on, that's actually supposed right. to be some of the best American music ever made, like Pet Sounds and stuff. Yeah. It's true. So did you know? I, I didn't realize that they had been going that long. 1961. Yeah, Beach Boys. Beach Boys. See, I first came in into who the to know the Beach Boys because of Full House. You know, Uncle Jesse. He was, he was in always the Beach getting Boys. down with the Beach Boys. He was <laughs> that that's when the shit jumped the shark. When they 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 put him in, in they put him in the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. and that's when that's kind of when people were like, "This is not the same type of Beach Boys shit," but it was different. And and this this kind of makes it when I think about this, I think about hip hop, right? Because the Beach Boys have been going since 1961. The Beach Boys had a a phase where they were really serious cutting edge music. And then they had a phase where they were more commercial. A lot of artists had that. Stevie Wonder had that. All throughout the 70s, Stevie Wonder's making the best music ever made. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we first listened to Stevie Wonder, it's I Just Called to Say I Love You and uh, Part Time Lover and all of that stuff, right? I'm thinking, but I see Jay Z, I see Nas. Mm. Who are we going to be listening to? Who are we going to be going to? 10, 20 years from now when they're in their 60s and their 70s and they're still doing their things. But are you are they still going to be doing their things but with a twist? Like you're saying these other artists have? Like they changed a little bit from their roots to popularize mm. themselves to what's, what's, what's going down? See, I don't think we've had that yet. Have we had that? Has anybody done that? Has anybody gone like, mm. gone from being like a really important hip-hop artist, right? Cutting edge of hip hop, really important, critically acclaimed music, and to like doing something There's kitschy. Somebody. Maybe, There's... maybe, maybe Nelly with the uh, with, with the country with the, music, with the Florida Georgia Line band. Florida was Georgia that, Line, yeah. Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. What's the What's the name? Why Why is that the name of the band? Just because that's where they're from. The Florida I'm Georgia so. Line. I'm not familiar with their music. I know you're looking at me, truly asking for knowledge on. Georgia Line. I don't know. Are you are you anti country music? You don't listen to it. I, no, I'm a huge '90s country music fan, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like country music. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Like, but I like Garth. That's who I like. You ain't said but a word. I like. I Garth. am. Have you seen him in concert? No, Garth is one so of the amazing. best concerts I've ever been to. I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan. Like, He's no, truly, van huge. Did He's you see my Keith Urban interview? No, I didn't see it. With the toes? Since you say it's I can't I can't I can't do it, right? I can't I can't watch your interviews because I keep waiting for something to happen, like happened what happened to my guy. To who? Inter- you know who my guy is. No, I really I really am like, who are you talking about? My man, soup kitchen. <laughs> Stop. Hey, hey, I met a thought warrior out in the wild this weekend. Did you now? Who did you meet? Want to give a shout out to Stephen Curry, who is Stephen Curry, basketball player? St- Steph Curry? Stephen Curry. Okay. That's, you... that's his name. I know. That's his name. And he, and he w- wanted me to say, not wanted me to say, but he definitely wanted me to know he's a thought warrior. That's what he, he called himself. He said that? And it, yeah, swear. Wow. And actually he said thought listener and I go, 
warrior. <laughs> and right. he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Dan, that's my man. Tell him I said, what's up? Yeah. So let me, let me tell you something. That means more to me than all the things combined. I'm so glad I could do, I could bring it that is. to you. It is like, uh, like, man, Steph Curry is just living right. Steph Curry is just living right. So the only way I would lose faith in humanity is if Steph went left in some way. I know that's a lot of pressure for him, but <laughs> Steph has the work ethic. Steph has a great marriage. That's not the, obviously yeah. nobody's perfect, but Steph is just trying. Steph is just trying. I hope the Warriors come back, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's fun to watch he, him win. He definitely mentioned you. He mentioned being a thought warrior, and I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. So I'm you know, I'm bringing it to our podcast. It is very cool. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. And that's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before. Because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. You have poofy stuff on your, uh, on your shoulders, the poofs. And you have pants on your door. What's the point? Well, so here's the deal. These pants on my door are because of Bozeman. LSU sent me a lot of gear. And I was wearing it, and I took Bozeman out, and Bozeman decided mid-walk that he was going to jump on me, and then he dirtied up my LSU pants, so I had to wash them, and I don't dry stuff that I care about, so I hang them up. Okay, smart. So the poofy shoulders right there, what do you call that style? I've always enjoyed that style. Really? When the shoulders are a little poofed like that. Is there a name like, for that? So you like a shoulder pad. These are not shoulder oh, pads, but. Oh, that was the era. Right? Why 90s? did that? Why did that era stop? That was, back. What, wasn't no. that more like the eighties? The shoulder pads. It's, but think of think of Julia Roberts. I get Pretty Woman. Think about that. That was right on the cusp. Maybe that's eighty nine, ninety. Did she have um, shoulder pads in Pretty Woman? Yeah, when she when she when she changed, you know, <laughs> when she when she glowed up, she had shoulder pads. So yeah, the shoulder pads era was back, a good though. era. Are they dresses dresses and shirts have shoulder pads now? Blazers have shoulder pads. It's back. It should have never left. I want to ask your opinion on something else. Women's fashion. Can we talk about it? Sure. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down on this. And I want all the women listening to give me a thumbs up or thumbs down on this. Kitten Heels, you are a fan or not? How old am I? You're 36? No, I'm I, I'm at it depends on the age. You depend on the age. Would you wear yeah, kitten so heels now? I would never. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strong no for me. And, and for various reasons. I'm short. I'm I'm short. And I and and I height. My, my mom's tall. My sisters are tall. I'm trying to get every little bit of height that I can. I'm gonna wear the highest heels possible. All, because I'm short, I need to elongate my legs. A kitten heel ain't gonna do that for me. Hmm. Just so, go just go with flats. This is this should be no it's just I like I like a kitten heel. I always have. It reminds me of my teachers in elementary school. And yeah. you were looking at your teachers like that in elementary school? <laughs> yeah. Miss Grantinetti. 
Wow. I'll never forget. Miss Grantonetti. Her in that heel? She looked like Vanna White. And early on, my mother saw it. She saw the car driving down to Vanilla Village. She saw it. And she grabbed the steering wheel and she steered me back over into chocolate land. She was like, oh, you think Miss Grantonetti is, is pretty, huh? It's pretty, huh? My mother was like, go look at the TV. There's a Janet Jackson video on. Go and watch it. Don't move till you've watched a three-hour block of Janet Jackson videos. And I fell in love with Janet. My mom saw it. She saw it. She, she saw, saw it. it. She saw it happening. She's like, American beauty standards getting to my boy. He's looking at his first grade teacher. It's going crazy. No, no, pull him back. And she did it. She's so smart like that. I want to come back to the heels. Okay. Now, I think at the time that you were in elementary, a kitten heel might have been more acceptable. Mm. But now, mm -mm. no. It's now, not maybe there's an exception. Maybe if, like, uh, you're. No, you're about to, you're about to say something, and it was <laughs> no. going to be problematic. You you paused. No. Maybe no. if I was going to say I just, what? I, I just know some people some people like a kitten heel. Like, like who? That. Like who likes a kitten heel? I usually see it in um, women who are a little bit older than me wear a kitten mm. heel. Right. I think my mom wears a kitten heel. I'm pretty sure yeah. my mom well, wears a kitten I, heel. Let me tell you something right now. If your mother wears a kitten heel, she's offended right now because I can tell you right now, anyone that wears a kitten heel. Anyone that wears a kitten heel. I think Michelle heel Obama wears kitten heels. Is mad at you. Anyone who's, who wears a kitten heel is mad at you right now. because I you, said it's not for me. I asked you if you would wear a kitten heel and you said, Absolutely never. Not. I've never. never. And, I, and, I, and I stand by that. Well, I wonder if there's anything that I absolutely would never wear. Not really. Flip-flops? Wear them all the time. With the oh. toes out? No, and I'm talking. I'm talking not the not the cover, not the flap over the foot. I'm talking in between the toes. Can't do it. Can't do it. Exactly. I know it. I know it. I know feet it. I knew you can't do wear flip flops. But but oh, that's only because it's my feet size 14 feet, and it's just gonna look. It looks so whack, y'all. It looks like it looks so whack. It looks just like a fat Goliath's feet. Just like wow. stomping through the con. Uh, then my 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 shoes, my feet. I'm so my feet are so flat. They slide. They always make contact with the concrete, which freaks me out. Then I go wash them. Nah, I will never do it. Never. When I, you will hear you say never, never. Even never. When we, even when we go to the beach, I wear the, I, I I come out with the Adidas, the Adidas flip flops, and they get pretty hot. Um, how was your weekend? Otherwise, you worked. But then what I else happened? All weekend. I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Got up this morning, had to work. Got to yeah. work tonight. I'm tired. Well, you, well, you got to work tonight. What do you got to do tonight? I have an interview Who you with John Legend. John Legend? Mm-hmm. The man who was supposed to come on this very podcast? Was he? Yep. He told me personally. What happened? I'll be, sure, I'll, be, I'll be sure to bring it up. He told me personally that he would come on the podcast before the election. And John is a legendary liar. That's what happened. Wow. Don't, don't call our thought warriors that. He's not a liar. He's a, he's a cool guy. I'm sure forgot about it. But here's the thing with me. I don't ask twice. If, if I, <laughs> you're no. prideful. That's if I don't, why. I don't ask twice. I don't come back and say, hey, remember you said you were going to come on the pod? No. I don't ask twice. But John Legend is a great guy. What's your favorite John Legend song? Oof. Um, 
not well i like so high but the song my sister they played it was her first dance at her wedding Mm. i can't think of it right now wow but so high Uh, that whole cd you could just press play and let the whole thing go that's 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 what people say when they don't have a good answer no i just gave you one not really i just said so high What's, what's your favorite i like them all I didn't say that. That whole CD can run just the go. tape, but run the tape back. That whole CD can go. Up. You should talk to John Legend about that tonight. You should be. You should ask him. He's like, you know, John, you've been doing this for a long time, and you've really never made a song that just grabbed me. I don't know what That's it is. Not true. You should, you, don't really, do that. You've really I can't never stand made you. a song that just got to me, John. What do you think that is, John? Why do you think? Now, Stay you with do, you. That's what it oh, is. That's a great song. That's what it is. That's a great song. Let me that's, ask you a question. When what? you when you interview like a John Legend for extra, are you allowed to ask controversial questions like about Chrissy Teigen's antics or, you know, or not it's, even the antics or like how they can't overly came at her too hard? Are you allowed to talk about that stuff? It depends. So right. it depends what the publicist says. Sometimes it's like, don't ask about this. It's off limits. Um, but typically we don't like to do gotcha interviews. And, and as an interviewer, I don't like that. So if you're there to promote something, if we're there to interview you, I don't like to, I don't like to do the headline stuff because I guess I know what it's like to be on the other side of it. Uh-huh. And so it's like you're there to talk about something you're excited about. So let's let's promote it. We can have fun in other ways. I don't need a gotcha headline to have a good interview. That's that's right. where I come from. Now yeah. if it falls in my lap, you know, like Exhibit A, then I'm gonna run with it because that's what it's, you're supposed to do as an interviewer. It's hard for me. Because they're, the stuff that I want to know is always problematic. Like, we had Martin Luther King Jr. the third on the show. Do you know what I wanted to know from him? What? And don't get... Now, look, it's none of that stuff. Look, there's plenty of stuff about Dr. King's life that people always want to talk about. That's not what I want to know. He talked when he was on here about what got his father killed. Mm-hmm. And there are all of these different thoughts, conspiracy theories, uh just different things about who actually killed Dr. King, whether or not James Earl Ray was a lone shooter or whether or not the CIA, FBI, or some other governmental organization was involved in taking out Dr. King. There's mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Deep knowledge and well-documented that J. Edgar Hoover was no fan of Dr. King's and the FBI might have had something to do with it. Maybe the CIA had something to do with it with surveilling Dr. King. Who knows, right? And so when he said that, I wanted to ask him, given what people think happened to Dr. King, does it bother you on his birthday when the FBI and the CIA tweet out, happy birthday to Dr. King, this is what his legacy meant to this and this and this and that? I don't know why you couldn't ask that question. I thought that maybe it would have been inappropriate to ask him that. You know, I thought that maybe it's inappropriate to ask him that because remember, Dr. King to us is this huge historical figure, but that's his dad. Can you imagine? Right. No, no, no. That's his dad. So I don't know. I don't know. I I think if it called for it, the question before would lead up to to you doing a follow up with that. It wouldn't Mm. have been random. You know what I mean? Anyways. So you worked, you worked the Emmys last night. I did. Were you surprised that they let you in? <laughs> I'm not playing with you, Van. They, 
They let them all in. They let them all in. Just were you? They didn't all go on stage. That they let you in because you're black, okay? Yeah. And the Emmys put their foot in the niggas' ass last night. This was crazy. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the Emmys. Were you surprised? Because I feel like we've had discussions about other award shows. Like I thought about, I thought about you in this. We've had discussions with other award shows, and I feel like you weren't. You wouldn't have been surprised by this. No, I I wouldn't have been surprised by it. Uh, I'm not super surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I am surprised. Okay, I, I'm surprised. I'm I'm not, when I say I'm not surprised, meaning it's not that I don't think that there was enough quality content. How can I say this? When I say I'm I'm surprised that they actually did it. I know that I don't think that the Emmys, I don't think that the Emmys year to year thinks that the art that black creators are putting out is the best art. I think that there is a cultural dividing line there that a lot of times people who analyze and judge this art can't get past. And uh, I think that they really genuinely feel this way. Like we watch Mm -hmm. things and we think that they're great. Right. But, the reason why there needs to be more diversity inside these these places is because like what we just talked about. You know how many people back in the hood, back where I'm from in Baton Rouge, don't know that Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson is super important American music. They would never think about that. Mm-hmm. There's a cultural cultural barrier there that even if they did hear it, may stop them from appreciating it in the same way. Sure. So in order to for pet sounds to be appreciated either i have to go learn about it bring it back to them and listen to it till they appreciate it or there has to be somebody that represents them there that's why you Mm -hmm. need it i'm surprised that in the face of me knowing that there's that barrier that they actually didn't put a couple of people more a couple of more people across and on the stage just for show i i i think the more surprising thing is that they had the nuts to really vote their hearts and keep some people off the stage <laughs> because they know that this is going to open them up to such criticism. I think that they were so busy touting the fact that it was historic with nominations mm-hmm. that they didn't care who got the trophy at the end of the day because mm-hmm. there was such a, a number of people of color that were nominated for these categories. I mean, you look at some of these categories which category is it that majority of the people in the category are of color? Right. And still, it is the outstanding lead actor in a drama series. You've got Reggae Jean Page, Billy Porter, Jonathan Majors, Sterling K. Brown. Four out of the six nominated were of color. And, and who it won was that Josh, award? Josh O'Connor, The Crown, won. Right. 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 So I think it's more that's what they were looking at, not excusing it because it's ridiculous. Because I- I'll tell you, even being on the red carpet and doing interviews, it was really amazing because there were so many people of color, like everybody we were talking to. I was so excited when you're talking about fashion, and you're talking about best dress, because, of course, that's a lot of what we do on Extra. I'm looking at all these beautiful black people out here just killing it in fashion and that's why, to me, I was talking to people like they already won. You should have heard mm. me talking to MJ Rodriguez. I asked her where she was going to put a trophy. 
Mm -hmm. I said, you know, like, how are you celebrating tonight? Because it was just, to me, it was just such a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what was shocking. You're touting, you know, you have Bo and Yang um, being an Asian American nominated in his category for SNL. That was a first mm. and mm. nothing, nothing. So I think they just wanted us there. Ultimately, <laughs> white actors swept all 12 lead and supporting races, comedy, drama, and the limited series categories. So here's the thing. I can't say that I'm mad about it. Okay. I can't say that I'm mad about it. Uh, surprised but not mad because i don't think i put a lot of stock into it anymore you know i don't think mm -hmm. it it bothers me that much anymore and also i'll say something else ted lasso won a lot of awards last night did you think that they should have hell yeah i gotta be real man no like i i gotta be real man ted lasso is fucking great and everybody is amazing and i thought that they deserved it like it, it I want to see representation on that award stage as much as anyone. It's more than most. But, you know, Ted Lasso, they won a lot. They didn't win all of them. I mean, I, they might have won everything they were nominated for. I'm not sure, but they won a lot. So Han Jason, yes. Uh -huh. Hannah, yes. Brett, for outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. Mm. I didn't get that win. That was mm. the only one where I was like, don't understand that one. Right. That one, because there were a number of people that were voted for best supporting actor, and I and from Ted Lasso in a comedy series, and so mm -hmm. best outstanding is what it is. So I figured they'd cancel each other out, mm -hmm. and so then you might have like a Bo and Yang win, or maybe a Keenan Thompson, and no. Who else was in the category? So you had Brett Goldstein or Goldstein. I'm not sure quite how mm -hmm. do you say it. Uh, Ted Lasso, who was the winner. You had Carl Clemens Hopkins from Hacks, which I don't know if you've seen Hacks, but Hacks is it great. is phenomenal. Right. Uh, Brendan Hunt, who's the, the assistant coach for Ted Lasso. Nick Muhammad, who's like the third coach, who works his way up from being like the towel guy to the third coach. He's great. Uh, and Ted Lasso. Uh, Paul Reiser, The Kaminsky Method. I don't watch The Kaminsky Method, but I hear mm -hmm. it's great. Jeremy Swift, Ted Lasso, Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, and Bowen Yang, Saturday Night Live. Right. Out of all those, would you have given it to Brett? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. He plays an angry man. Brett, 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 oh, so Brett is beard on Ted Lasso, right? Or is he Roy Kent? He's Roy Kent. Roy, Roy Kent is fucking, Roy Kent is amazing. He's great. <laughs> he's, he's great. great. That's Roy Listen, Kent. he's great as, as playing that angry man, mm -hmm. okay, who's losing his career. Angry man who's losing his career. I've not seen season two yet. But, was he better than Bo and Yang on Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Right. Because he's giving us more of a dynamic character on Saturday Night Live. He's not one-dimensional on Saturday Night Live. I don't oh, know. But, but Roy Kent isn't one-dimensional, though. Not to me. On season two or season well, one? Well, even season one, he's not. Like Even mm -hmm. on season one, Roy Kent isn't, isn't one-dimensional to me. I think Roy Kent... But look, I love Ted Lasso. I think that this is just one of those weird years... Uh, where and here's the thing i think there should never be a weird year there should never be a weird year where black performers aren't recognized but this is going to be one of those years it's going to lead to a lot of a lot of talk uh, about television shows and about the emmys and next year they'll overcompensate uh what one one performer that i think consistently 
consistently is getting overshadowed and overlooked for her contributions going on years and years and years is Tracy Ellis Ross. I knew they you were going to say that. Continuously find somebody to give that award to as much as long as Blackish has been on, other than Tracy uh and anthony anderson as well i don't understand how they like they don't get the love uh for their characters on that show that they should man it's weird really um, weird i, I knew you're gonna say tracy that's your friend but also mm-hmm. well deserving of of getting an emmy like between the two between anthony anderson and um tracy ellis ross they've almost together received almost 20 nominations they've been almost been nominated 20 20 times and have never won I knew Tracy wasn't going to win because Gene Smart in Hacks is just, to me, out of this world in that role. Right. So I knew that that, that is a tough category that she that she's in. Yeah. But at this point, Blackish has been groundbreaking to me in a number of ways. And, and I've resonated with it, like with that show in a way that I did with the Cosbys back in the day. Mm-hmm. So to me, it just speaks to a, it just shows black people in a different way that you don't normally see them. And I think that they're de- like taking away from the impact that that has on the culture. And that's why that they, sh- they should have won an Emmy at this point. Hmm. Um, also just to put a button on the Emmys, Michael K. Williams did not win. And I was really hoping that Michael K. Williams would be able to win. Uh, yeah. for his role in Lovecraft Country. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, we got kind of knocked in our teeth a couple of times this year with that. I thought that we would be able to say goodbye to Chadwick Boseman at the Academy Awards uh, by him winning Best Actor for My Rainey's Black Bottom. And I thought that we would be able to do the same for Michael K. Williams. Um, and it just, it gets, it, it gets to me because it's like, Heath Ledger was awesome as the Joker, right? Super awesome, amazing actor acting as the Joker. Mm-hmm. But it was obvious that he was going to win that Academy Award because, you know, he had passed away and it there was going to be a groundswell of that. And then he did win. And then I'm not sure if Michael K. Williams, if the voting was still going on at that time, I'm not sure because he died pretty close to the award ceremony. But with Chadwick, it's like great job in the movie, fantastic job in the movie, and he passed away. He still doesn't win, so there's just some barriers there. That's a good point about the voting, and I wonder that too because when we got our our sheets, um, like our press kits and our sheets of who was walking the red carpet, the confirms list of who was attending, they had uh-huh. Michael K. Williams on it. Yeah, so it definitely probably came out. So that that was that was tough to see. I I do want to acknowledge though that although no people of color won when it came for an Emmys for an Emmy for acting, you know you had Michaela Cole win for outstanding writing for a limited or anthology series or movie for I May Destroy You, which was huge because that was a historic win. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race won and. Um, there was one more that won as well. Yeah. That's slipping my mind. More black shows is the answer. Hamilton. 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 What's Hamilton? Outstanding variety special. What's that? Hamilton, the fucking, the, the, the fucking shit. The the play, the Broadway play. Remember? Cause they recorded it and they put it on. Don't take away from that. Shouldn't have won. We, we've discussed Hamilton on here, but anyways, Hamilton won. Shouldn't have won. Okay, who would you have given it to? It was Hamilton, 
Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham was good. Keep going. Uh, David Burns, American Utopia, Eight Forty Six, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. Friends, The Reunion, A what West think, Wing Special. What do you to, think? I, what do you think I would have given it to? Eight Forty Six. Eight Forty Six. Eight Forty Six is more real than that fucking Hamilton bullshit. Fuck Hamilton, man. I know y'all love Hamilton because they up there rapping about I'm Alexander Hamilton and here check it out. We are gonna do oh. the Constitution. Uh uh uh. Here why, I am. Why I'm Hamilton. Because the, the, uh, that's how they. That's because they the can't. 80s. They can't do. They gotta be from the eighties because they can't do no real gangster shit. Have, have, you haven't seen it because they don't sound like that. But <laughs> they, they can't do. Like uh, they can't do no real gangster shit. It can't be like no. Yo, I'm motherfucking Hamilton. Yo, 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 setting America free. So there's pictures in these hoes. You can't. Okay, you can't. No, they're not. Like, you they're, you're right. You're correct. They, they're they not can't do that. They can't get with the gangster shit. So it's got to be huh, ha, he, who, ha. I am ooh, Wait. ooh, ooh ah. Okay, Thomas stop. Jefferson. Ooh, this ooh, must ah. stop. Thomas it Jefferson. Must stop immediately. Find some more words. Find some more words. Stop. Here I am. <laughs> Check out my shoes. I'm uh 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 uh. I'm George Washington. Uh uh. I got wooden teeth. Uh uh. Trudy, a gift, me please. Uh, a gift. Uh, I mean, a gift. A gift. Make a gift. Make a gift out of that, please. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Speaking of, I said that you were an '80s rapper. Do you know that kids now are calling the '90s and '80s the late 1900s? And like people our age are feeling a certain way about it. This is happening. They're like, oh, that's music from the late 1900s. Wow. How does that make you feel? Ah, whatever. It's something that happens. Um, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life with premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Okay, more Homeland Security agents are being sent to Del Rio, Texas. There is a Haitian migrant crisis that is going on down there now. An additional 600 Homeland Security personnel have been sent to the border in Del Rio, Texas. Thousands of refugees are camped under a bridge and are being taken back to Haiti says the Homeland Security Secretary. They're going to take these people back to Haiti. There's more than 14,500 migrants. The vast majority of them are Haitian, are facing extremely high temperatures down there in Texas and poor conditions as they camp under a bridge. So obviously we know that there's trouble in Haiti. There's the double whammy down there in Haiti of the country just going through a pretty violent military coup uh, along with a devastating earthquake. So there are thousands of people who are looking to get out of Haiti. Uh, a lot of those people 
made a long, long journey to the border to try to get into the United States of America. And it looks like they are going to be sent back. Have you been keeping your eyes on this in your home state? And what are your thoughts? Have you seen the encampments? Have you seen the footage of it? I have. I was watching it, and I don't know why I was Mm -hmm. watching Fox News. CNN wasn't covering it. I'm sitting at work. I'm watching TV, and I'm watching their coverage of it. And all I kept thinking was, fuck you, Fox News. It was, I've never seen, I, I, it's on right now. It's on right now as I'm looking, as I'm, as we're podcasting at the same, the same coverages and they're showing the encampments, but it's what they're saying mm-hmm. about these people that I'm just, I, I was literally be getting enraged as I was watching it because they're talking about these people as if they're not human beings. They're talking about them as if they're animals that have come and crossed the border. And rather than realizing that these people are coming here, they're not coming just because they can come to the United States. They're coming out of pure desperation, trying to leave their home country because of the devastation or the danger that's there. And instead of Fox News focusing on how sad it is that these people are trying to escape their home country, they took it as an opportunity to blast not just the current administration. And I'm not saying that there might not be issues with the way that they're handling immigration, but they took it as the chance to just blast Biden and the administration, but then also to joke that none of those people have vaccination cards and none of those people, there's no COVID testing places for them to go get checked out as they've crossed over. And they were laughing about it. They thought that it was funny. And then they expressed sympathy for the border patrol and the authorities that have to be there rather than the families and the children who are encamped with sticks and sheets, taking baths in the river, trying to get whatever they can to try to find some refuge to feed themselves and, and get water. You're what they're right. When I tell you the cameras are right there next to these people, they're right there. And you can see the sadness. You can see the suffering and they're making fun of it. I couldn't get over how they were standing right next to them. And rather than maybe figuring out how we can help and resolve it, they took it as a chance to poke fun and to talk about the current administration. And I just kept thinking the lack of humanity of these people is absolutely disgusting. Fuck you, Fox News. Mm, wow. Uh, so, I mean, my thing is, I don't think Fox News should really be, should really have an issue with what's going on, um, at the border because the reality is that the Biden administration is treating the people there not very much different than the Trump administration did. They are, they never say it that way. They are using title 42 to expel these people and send them back to Haiti. Of course, you guys know title 42, um, is uh, lets the government, the United States government, uh, expel somebody from coming across the border uh, and um, like deny their migrant status, deny their status based upon the fact that they might have a communicable disease. This was put into effect under President Trump's in, in President Trump's administration, and it was used, I guess. Uh, to stop the spread of COVID-19. Really what it was used to do is stop people from coming into the United States of America. Uh, Title 42 is one of many things, if we're being quite honest about it, um, regard in regards to immigration. 
that the Biden administration has actually kept around. Now, they've obviously stopped the wall bullshit, but a lot of Donald Trump's policy regarding immigration, uh, the Biden administration has chose to keep around to keep around. Mm -hmm. And Title 42 is one of those things. Um, There are some people that are coming across that have been vaccinated and have vaccination cards, apparently. So Fox News is full of bullshit. And, you know, obviously we could be vaccinating people as they came across looking for asylum. But we don't want to do that. We want to send them back. And the immigration discussion itself is a bear trap, a quagmire, whatever. Depends on how you look at it. I'll tell you the way I look at it. I think Haitians that want to come to America should be able to stay here. I'll tell you why. I think after the Haitian Revolution, Haiti was really bankrupt and made poor. And there was a, it was because of a lot of reasons, but one reason is because Haiti was made to pay reparations um, for fighting tooth and nail for their freedom. Mm -hmm. And they weren't really brought into the world community until they were able to pay those reparations uh, a large part, or at least in some portion of France. And so the, the expansion of Haiti uh, the growth of Haiti as a country has been impeded a lot by Western power and colonialism and imperialism have impacted this island and have led to a lot of the instability on the island. And so when that instability, when those cracks become canyons, I think the humane thing to do, um, we're talking about 12,000 people, 14,000 people, uh, whatever, uh, would be to let them in America and provide them some way to to live a better life. I don't believe in these ironclad closed borders. I do believe that we need to have some sort of policy in place to make sure that we are that our borders are secure, meaning mm-hmm. that not just anybody can come over carrying anything because that makes us susceptible to terror attacks. It makes us susceptible to the drug trade. But I think secure borders and closed borders um are two different things. Secure borders just means just, just means we know who's coming in as much as we can. Closed borders means nobody can come in. And to be honest with you, I don't think the U.S. has the moral authority to tell people that they can't participate in the economy. I think that the economy has spread its, its tentacles all over the world mm-hmm. and has used and exploited people all over the world. So in many ways, the humane thing for the United States to do uh in return for its overrepresentation in geopolitical and geoeconomic world affairs is to let people come pay attention, be a part of the, the economy that they're being exploited for and at least try to enrich themselves in some way out of, off of it. So uh, I don't know. Um, I'll look at this situation. I just look at it. It's rich to me, but it's also to be honest with you, Fox News missed an opportunity and everybody misses an opportunity because we're playing a political game. Biden is the the real narrative from Fox News should be that Biden is not handling this that much different than President Trump did. That but should be the real gonna, narrative. But they're yeah, but they're never going to say that. It's as it's as if it stopped when Trump's presidency ended and it started and it started and it began with Biden. They don't look at it that way. Mm. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I my heart goes out to it. I just hate to see people in that oh, in that position. So I saw uh, two babies that were left at the border and left with a note that said that they were siblings. 
and you would think that a parent or somebody left them out there in hopes that those kids would be uh, uh, brought to the United States and maybe have a shot at a better life. Now, I should say that while the majority of the people are being sent back, there are some people that are making it through. And I'm not sure what the difference is. I'll have more information there's, about it. There's some kind of thing where within Title 42 where um, children or families can ha- can come over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. Um the LA Clippers are a part of We should change the G unit thing. It's not G unit. It's gentrification. I just want to touch on this. We don't have to get deep into this. This is just interesting just so people know what we do for our own entertainment. The LA Clippers are building a brand new uh, facility to play at an arena down in Anglewood. They're building it down there in Anglewood. You know what they're doing? They're fucking over black people. (laughs) Black and brown. Black and brown people. What do they do when they want to build a new stadium so that motherfuckers can run up and down in shorts? They're fucking over black people. There are a lot of people down there in Inglewood, and you might think, hey, it's going to bring a lot of jobs and revitalization to the Inglewood area. And guess what? You're right. They're probably going to build some of those fancy living units and have a little grove. Maybe you get like a new fucking, I don't know, movie theater or something like that. All of that stuff will probably happen. But you know what else happens? Certain people who have been living in their homes for a long time and like their areas, now they got to move. They got to move. This story is very deep. And it's very layered, um, but the Clippers are essentially being quiet, very, very mum on the fact that a lot of black and brown people are being displaced. Now, Rachel, I ask you, does the economic revitalization of an area make up for the fact that some people, real people, might be forced out of their homes for this? Well, who are you revitalizing it for? That's what becomes the question, because if you have to push a certain type of person out because you're rebuilding a community, but then you bring in a whole new set of people, then what are you really doing? You're not you're making the community better by push a better. And I use that with quotations by pushing a certain not for the people who live there, for the new people you expect to bring in because you're bringing in new business and new new buildings and then and a you know, commercial and residential spaces and all of that. But it got me thinking because this isn't, so this is happening with the Clippers in Inglewood. But if you, you're in the LA area, you're a sports fan, then you know that this already happened with SoFi Stadium, which is huge if you've mm-hmm. been there. And I don't even know what it looked like because I'm new to LA. I don't even know what it looked like before they started building there, right there. And like, I think there was a percentage just like, like 51% of the people who live in Inglewood are black and brown. Mm-hmm. And you already are hearing stories of an anticip- of anticipation of the fact that SoFi Stadium is there and the fact that they're building the new Clipper Stadium there, that rents are doubling. Yeah, the rents. It's not even all the doubling. homeowners. People are doubling. Their rents is going up. Imagine your rent. That should be well, illegal. Right now, like, right, imagine this. Two-bedroom Inglewood apartment going from $1,100 a month to $2,700 a month. That's robbery. That's, that's, that's those people should be, those people should go to jail. It like eleven hundred bucks a month and twenty seven hundred dollars a month. That's not even that's not a different 
price range. That's a different life it's, for your rent to go up sixteen hundred. That's nuts. It's criminal. I don't understand how. Like I understand. I understand what eminent domain is, but the fact that you are doing this to people, pushing people out with nowhere to go. No, people who people, they say most of the people who live there that are um like in their fifties, I think that own homes or or who or, I, I might be getting that statistic wrong. But these people have been here for decades and decades, and you're being pushed out for an arena. You're being pushed out for a stadium. And what it got me thinking is, has it ever happened where you've seen? the people who are benefiting from the stadium and arena speak out on behalf of the residents that they're, that are getting displaced. No, has that ever happened? Because I would love to hear from a Kauai who's from here. Mm -hmm. Right. Is he not from the IE? What's that? So what's the when, IE when they say that Kauai San Diego. Nah. When they say that Kauai and um, Paul George are from LA. They're kind of from LA. Shout out to everybody in the Inland Empire, by the way. But the Kawhi's from Riverside or something okay. like that. Okay, well, close enough. Ri well, 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 is it though? Is it close enough that you would care about this? But you, like, okay, Kawhi, fine. Kawhi, Kawhi's from Kawhi's from Riverside and then fucking Paul George is from Palmdale. But does it have That's, to be your community for you to care to see your people? getting at a, at a disadvantage just so people can come watch you play like every you know what i mean like every week millions and millions of dollars you got to drive through these communities to get to your arena you're not you're not oblivious to what's happening and it would be amazing if if there was some sort of fund some sort of you know if you're going to tear down where these people live, build something next door, you're already in the in the business of building. I wouldn't even be shocked if these people are investing in some of these buildings that are starting to go up in Inglewood. Wow. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Whether it's the athletes, whether it's a GM, somebody affiliated who knows what's happening to this community as they're turn as they're quote turning it around for the better. Mm -hmm. Um Something should be done because these people, this is the only home that they have ever known. And it, they are getting pushed out under eminent domain, which is just gentrification, which never benefits the people of that community, even though that's the lie that they continue to, and continue to keep telling us. They'll mm. never see it. Never see the benefits. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for the people. You know what? There are two things that I want to cover. I want to cover this deeper. I want to talk to one of the residents and talk to somebody that's actually been impacted by this and get them on the podcast. You guys make this. I also want to talk about another story that we're not covering that that is a big deal. The gangs inside of the L.A. Sheriff's Department. I want to talk about this. It's been I watched some amazing things on gangs inside of the L.A. Sheriff's Department, all the different gangs and how these Sheriff's Department guys are really in a lot of ways, low-life gang members that are getting it popping to a degree. All right, it's been a lot of good stuff on this, but uh, I want to try to, Thought Warriors, put this on the street. Put it on the street, Thought Warriors. Put it on the street. Uh, if there's anybody out there who is, like, I want to put a face to this issue. I know some people spoke to the LA Times about it, but if there's anyone out there that's being displaced because of what's going on with the Clipper Stadium, I want to really discuss it. I want to talk to them. Because uh, these are real black people. These are real black and brown people that are going. And by the way, that number seems low. 51% of. So you mean to tell me 49% of Inglewood is white? I've never seen white Inglewood. 
Uh, he wants to use a white uh, or uh, white or Asian America. I can see there be some account Asian for American an here. estimated fifty-two and forty-one percent. And oh, oh, and yeah. Oh, so that's what yeah, I'm saying. Let me get it right. Excuse right. me. So, uh, so, so the way that this is written, it says right. benefit blacks and Latinos who account for. So that means blacks account for fifty-two percent and Latinos count for fifty-one percent. Added up together, they count for ninety-three percent of Inglewood. That's what so I was about 7%, to say. Seven percent. <laughs> my fault. Thank you for correcting me on that. That's ridiculous. I'm thinking. I'm over here thinking insecure in my head. Well, I would remember when the Starbucks comes. Yeah. They're like, oh, I live in I would. Nah, man. <laughs> it's really I would now. It's really I would. Brown now. is fucking hell. Do we want to talk about what's going on in these Twitter streets with one Miss Karen Civil and Jonah Lucas and Jesse? I Lou? think do people you have know about to. this. I think we do. Okay, so look, here's the situation. There's something that's been happening on the old Twitter sphere, and it was a big cultural thing. It spawned the biggest clubhouse room in the history of clubhouse. This oh, weekend. really? It's the biggest clubhouse room ever. I was you, in it. Were you in it? Okay. I was on. The, I was in the room. I was on the stage. So this is what happened. Uh, comedian, singer, host Jesse Wu is in a back and forth legal legal battle with uh, a woman named Karen Civil. Karen Civil is a branding expert, marketer. Uh, she does. She's got her hands in everything. She's got her hands in hip hop. She is an expert sort of brand Twice placement person. Wow. What? Twice you called her an expert. Well, that's what she does. An expert at what? Keep continue the story. At marketing stuff. She so okay, I'll give you an example of some stuff that that Karen Simple did. She worked extensively with Lil Wayne back in the day. Mm-hmm. So when Lil Wayne was in jail uh and in Rikers Island and there was that thing where you could write to Lil Wayne and yeah. then he would get the thing and write you back. Karen was the mastermind behind that. Okay. Karen did that a lot a of stuff. That was a long time ago. Yeah, but she's done a lot of stuff. Like she's very well respected. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not. Tell without the her... story, because you keep using these words that are totally off from what the story is about. Well, you won't let me. You <laughs> no. won't let me introduce her. Cause, cause she's an expert. She's an expert. She's well respected. Tell the did story. Catch your question. Did, what did I say about Jesse Wu? You said comedian, singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So right. So it's so here's the thing. It's easier to explain who Jesse Wu is than it is to explain who Karen is and why it matters. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go so ahead. so uh, Jesse and Karen have a back and forth where Je- Karen had actually sued Jesse. She had sued her, and the, the case got thrown out. So it was for defamation. Je- for for defamation, and so the case got thrown out. I don't know the ins and outs of what was going on between. Jesse and Karen. It seems to be very convoluted, but it's beside the point. Because what happens was once that got throughout, Joyner Lucas, a rap artist, got ridiculously dope rap artist, super dope. Has a lot of stuff out there that I really like. I really fuck with what Joyner Lucas has been doing with his career. He threw out uh, like he threw out the fact that back in the day, he had paid Karen Civil sixty thousand dollars to help get his career off when he was like not hot. And it, and he, and she went ghost on him after that. This, along with other people, Karen has some issues with Cameron. I guess mm-hmm. Karen had an issue with Meek Mill. I guess Karen had an issue with whomever else. And so all of this came together to where there was a clubhouse room that was being made that said, is Karen Civil a fraud? Or I've been told y'all if Karen Civil was a fraud. She also, excuse me, don't let me leave this out. Uh, you know, Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. Right, right. Unbelievably right. successful 
hip-hop blog, right? Unbelievably successful hip-hop and gossip blog. Jason Lee, huge for you guys that don't know Jason Lee. Apparently, he had gotten into it with Karen back in the day because he he put something up on her on a, about uh, up on her up on Hollywood a lot about her. She asked him to take it down, and then when he wouldn't take it down, she then hired a hacker to hack his page and get his page taken down. This is something that she admitted to on the clubhouse. So on this clubhouse, it was Jordan Lucas talking to Karen, Jason Lee talking to Karen, Karen talking back. Whack 100 was involved and the entire Saturday that everyone was mm-hmm. watching, doing stuff. It was all of this stuff going down. How much of it do you know about? What do you think about it? Well, let me ask you this. Who started the clubhouse? It was the clubhouse was started by a lady named Kita. And uh, Kita does this thing on clubhouse. Uh it's called the Crenshaw District, uh, if I think that I'm right. And by the way, they really have a good Crenshaw, uh, a good clubhouse group going. They talk about all kinds of things, a lot of things that have to do with, you know, L.A., some street politics stuff, some in- entertainment stuff. It really is dope what they do over there, right? And I mm-hmm. think I got it right. And she actually had a problem with Karen, too, because apparently back in the day, she worked with Big U and she was around when Nips first got it popping. And I forgot to mention that Karen was part of Nipsey's movement when Nipsey was first getting popping. You know, she's done a lot for a lot of hip hop artists. And that's why Jordan Lucas would go to her to try to get her help in getting him on marketing wise and getting him placed in the blogs and all of that stuff. Anyway, so she started the room because I guess she had a problem with Karen Civil as well. And then Karen Civil ended up coming into the room. Okay, so did she, and, and, and so as I wasn't in the clubhouse, you were, and you also mm-hmm. let us know you were on the stage, right. of course. So <laughs> did Karen address the rumors, or uh, the allegations, I should say, that uh, Lucas Joyner was making? Lucas Joyner or Joyner Lucas. Joyner Lucas. Joyner Lucas. Do you know in my head I said it the other way first? I was like, no, 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 it's Lucas Joyner. <laughs> she did. She did. What she said is that she didn't steal any of his money. Um, she said that she tried to make good on it. She took the money that 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 he gave her and then she went and got radio people. She went and got people to do this. She went and got people to do that. She went and got all of these people. She got them together and did her best to try to get him popping. And that she in no way tried to steal money from him. What Joyner Lucas is saying is, yo, Karen took the bread. Then when I was trying to get to Karen, um, I couldn't get to her. Like, I couldn't get to her. She wouldn't answer yeah. the phone. She was telling me she was on vacation. And I never got anything for my 60000 bucks. And then I got popping on my own. It's been seven years. Karen then called Charlemagne to try to get Joyner Lucas's number. She and um, we'll call, Charlemagne called Joyner Lucas to try to get the number. Joyner Lucas said, yo. If she ain't got my $60,000, then there's really nothing to talk about. And he's right. Mm. I got to say, I believe Joyner Lucas. Apologies for not for mixing that up the first time. Mm-hmm. I believe I, I believe Joyner Lucas because to me, Joyner Lucas doesn't have a reason to lie. And apparently this happened seven years ago. Yeah. And this is the first time he's ever said anything. And if you listen to what he says, he's I, he's like, my back was against the wall. We were desperate. Somebody vouched for her. I believed it. I gave her the last bit I had. I had a kid on the way. Mm-hmm. I, he's like, I just, I was desperate. 
And then the mo- and the moment, and she seemed to be in contact with him until he paid her, and then she was out. To mm. me, Karen's the one who's in a position of with her back against the wall where she's got to defend herself, her name, her reputation, because mm-hmm. she's in a battle with Jesse. She's now, then, then uh, Joyner Lucas comes out, and then Cameron years ago told her to stop lying and mm-hmm. stealing. And right. nobody believed him then. So it's not to take away. I know I was saying, okay, you're calling her expert. You're expert. It's not to say that Karen hasn't done things in the past, but it also seems like her past is filled with some shady stuff. And mm. uh, will I ever know the truth? No. Well, it depends if is Joyner Lucas going to decide to to sue her for the money. He never did take her to, to court as far as we know when it comes to that. He never said that. seems like he moved on and thankfully he's been successful in his own right and he was able to do that without her. But... You can't deny that where there's smoke, there's fire. And it really sounds like there's some shady things when it comes to her business. Maybe she wasn't always that way. Not to take away from her being a, a, a smart businesswoman, but it does seem that she's a little shady with her money when these stories are continuing to come out. I don't think everybody's just jumping on a Karen Civil uh, bandwagon here. I think that there is some truth into this. Hmm. Now, that's your friend. What do you think? I've done a lot of business with Karen. I've- uh, Karen has always been super a number one supportive of me. Like Karen, just to be real with you, Karen's the type. Yo, I'm about to do a podcast. Karen didn't ask for nothing for the podcast. Nothing sent me all kinds of beast by Dre equipment to do the podcast with my very first podcast. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm at I'm at TMZ. Uh, it's like, you know, I need access to this person. Hit up Karen. Karen got you. It's whatever. All I'm saying is I'm not in any of those rooms with join. I can't say what happened between Karen and Joyner Lucas. I can't say what happened between Karen and Jesse Wu. I don't know what happened. Karen and Cameron, whatever. But I do know, though, that if we kept it all the way gangster, it is a bunch of people who have done business with Karen Civil and would say nothing other than the fact that it was straight up and that she is a friend and she is good on her word. That don't mean that those people don't have legitimate gripes. I don't know what they got. I hope everybody is okay. I don't know what they got. I do know that Joyner Lucas today now apparently is not just mad at Karen Civil. He is now uh, mad at Steve Stout and United Masters um, and that he's he's on his page right now blasting them and doing all of that. So I guess he's just going to war with the whole world. And I hear through the grapevine that Joyner Lucas is dropping pretty soon. So if he is dropping and if there's you a song coming so out. You are so biased. How like, am I biased? You literally, y'all. Te- how am I biased? Put up, put up a poll. Is Van biased or not? No, but, but Every, you know what? The, you I know, know what that the, she's your friend and I go you know, hard for mine too. But you know what the crazy thing is? You know what the crazy thing is? I'm what? not biased, but you tried to paint me as biased from the beginning of this when I was trying to describe who yes, Karen was. Yes, I did. And now Why? I'm listening to you again. You're like, what? no, no, well, no. What, what I'm I saying do is, tell you is he does got he does have an album dropping. So and he's seen, you named one other person that he put on blast, and you said he's going on blast with the whole world. No, what I'm saying is, but that's today. So and you said it seems so, like he's so, going on blast so, with the whole so, world. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. Last week, Jordan Lucas was quiet about his issues with Karen Civil. Jesse Wu comes out. She's got issues with Karen Civil. Now, Jordan Lucas comes out and has all of these issues. I'm not saying that those issues aren't real. I'm not but saying that they're not real. you're insinuating it. There's an, no. There is an implication here that the, there could be an a, ulterior motive to why he's speaking out. So if Jordan, so, so my thing is, Jordan Lucas does everything that he does with Karen. Then he says, but Karen Civil is just a small fry. Let me tell you who else I got problems with. And 
if if he does all that and then he drops this week, that doesn't make sense to say. I mean, yeah, sure, you can imply that. But what sure, I also sure. think, but what I also, but, but another way I look at it too is, and again, like I don't know you, I don't know anybody. I'm just, I'm just going off what I'm reading. And what right. I also, what I also definitely said was, neither one of us know because we weren't in the rooms. We have no sure. idea, you know. Like, if have you lit link, um, not lent, but did you give sixty thousand dollars to her to flip? I, I, I don't know. I, like to we, be honest, have, to be honest with you. That seems pretty cut and dry. He feels like he gave her sixty grand and didn't get his return on it. That's between them. I have no clue what the deal is. But what I what I will say something he said when he said the reason he never said anything before, which I did find a little compelling, is that he said he was afraid. As you just pointed out, she's extremely connected. You know, Mm -hmm. you call her up. I need this person on my podcast. Hey, I, you know, like she gave you equipment. She is very connected in circles. I don't know her personally, but I definitely know who she is. Mm -hmm. You know, like she is out here and, and it's because she's done a lot of things. And so he said he felt like he couldn't say anything because he would be blackballed in the industry. And that's a Mm -hmm. legitimate fear. And now he feels like since he made it on his own, he can, or maybe he feels like since, Hey, I'm not the only one here. Jesse Wu's out here speaking. Let me back up the fact that I have had a similar experience. You Mm -hmm. feel empowered when you hear other people's stories who've gone through what you've gone through. Let me say something else. Me and Jesse are very cool as well. Mm -hmm. Like me and me and Jesse are, I don't know Joyner, but me and Jesse are very cool as well. I don't know what's going on between Karen and Jesse. I can't say that that who hurt who or who did what or who did what to whom. I know that it was some top tier Saturday afternoon mess yeah. that I that that was fun and- to watch. It's funny to watch, but you know, for me, I like it's all good. But when, I'm not gonna lie, when I woke up this morning or woke up whenever it was, it was yesterday morning. And I saw that Joyner Lucas was going on a different crusade now with somebody completely different. And I don't I don't even know Steve Stout. I'm not even sure I like Steve Stout. And it was a whole different situation. I'm like, it seems now that this is going to be his thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped a dropped a record about it, if he dropped if he dropped a a, a, a song about it or something like that. And then I had somebody tell me that Joyner Lucas was jumping in this because he might be dropping a song this week or next week or something. So that's, um, it's just, it's, everybody has their motives though. I guess you know? I hope Karen doesn't do anything with a hacker to Jesse or, or join her. Cause that's, that's crazy. And she admitted it. You got to ask if she going to do a hacker to you. Me? Yeah. Well, she, if I get hacked, hack, 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 <laughs> hack a shack, hack a rage. That would be so funny. Bang. Can you help me get my Instagram back? Man, can you help me get my That's Instagram? Not back what I'll be doing. What would you do? What would you do, Rach? No, I'm not gonna. She's not gonna do Rach, that. Rach, tell she's me, tell Rach. That. She's not definitely not gonna do that. No, but I know. Big Rach, Rach Pock. What you going oh, But I will tell you this though. I will tell you this. You do. You got some scalps under your belt. You do be getting. <laughs> no, just move on to the top. I'm not. Get, I'm not. I'm in no way. I'm no way coming in. I'm no way trying to like. I'm just talking about what I saw with Karen say where there's smoke, there's some fire. And I think you, it, but if it was my friend, I think that I would have a different perspective as well because I would know them in a different way. You know her in a different way than I do. Right. So it's like, I think you have a little bit more compassion. Well, com- compassion and just to be honest with you, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened between sure. her and Joyner Lucas. You know, that's, but, well, that's where I was coming from. Yeah. Um, Will Karen at, come on the podcast? Uh, maybe. She's got her own podcast. 
Yeah, she she's should got, do that. That's yeah. That's, that's she's it. got her you, own you podcast. Want to generate people to? Um, <laughs> she's got her own podcast, so so maybe not. And her podcast is on Joe's network, so she probably wouldn't come on this. Hey, welcome to IKEA, where even this desk is circular. Huh? How so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit, or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. But yeah, quickly, shout out to Lil Nas X. On pace to sell 140,000 units on his first week on his album. Great, grateful Lil Nas X. Jeezy and Jeannie Mai, Mai are having a baby. They're having a baby. That's so nice. They're having a baby. Way to go for them. <laughs> uh, and did you see this whole thing about WAC 100 and Kim Kardashian and Ray J? I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm I, not familiar with WAC 100. I know you just mentioned him, that he was in the, the clubhouse the yeah. as well. Uh, can you explain to me what's going on? Because so WAC 100 what is, is this the, contract and all this stuff? Yeah. WAC 100 is the manager of Ray J and the game. Oh, he's Ray J's manager? Yes. And he has <laughs> been Ray J's manager for a very long time. Oh gosh. You know, Ray J, people don't know how you know Ray J got some connections with the politics. People don't know. So Wack 100 was talking to Bootleg Bootleg Kev. Wack 100 Bootleg Kev. We really getting the thought warriors up on their street shit right now. Shout out Bootleg <laughs> Kev. And he said that there's another Kim Kardashian Ray J sex tape. And that is more explicit than the other one. Okay. And uh, he told him, he said, the only person he would give it to or sell it to is Kanye West. <laughs> That's what he told Bootleg Kev. He said, All I know is Kanye, holla at me, bro. We got part two on the laptop. Ain't never been seen. We'd love for you to have it. It'd be a great personal private NFT. The Kardashians' attorneys heard this, what WAC 100 said. If you guys don't know a little bit about WAC, WAC has a very bigger than life personality. He uh he's the guy that did the interview on DJ Academics' podcast off the record with uh, Sakashi Six Nine, just three hours of bullshit nonsense. Everybody screaming, but it went crazy. Highly entertaining. A lot of people liked it. Um, but the Kardashians' attorneys heard this, and they said the claim that there is an unreleased sex tape is unequivocally false. It is unfortunate that people make these statements to try to get their fifteen minutes of fame. And this is coming from Marty Singer who is a very high-powered attorney. Some would say that Marty Singer is part attorney and part fixer. So <laughs> Marty yeah, Singer... Yeah, yeah. yeah, Marty Singer means what he says. Ray J, who, of course, is in the Kim Kardashian sex tape, Kim Kardashian superstar, went to Instagram and said, this ain't cool. I've been staying off the radar. Radar spelled R... A Y D A R. Just staying focused and being humble and thankful for all the blessings I'm receiving. How can I show great growth and maturity if this kind of stuff keeps happening? My father now and my job is to be a parent, put them first. This is not the message I want to send out. All right. Whack though is doubling down. Oh, uh, Wax says um he's going to hold on. Wax says, a message to Kim Kardashian attorneys. Ask your client about Santa Barbara 
and the signed deliverables for tape one, two, and three. Ray J can't control what I now control. If I hear 15 minutes of fame again, I'll be forced to display the signed contracts. But what's what are the signed Hashtag contracts? Try me. So these are the signed contracts. I'm sure people know this. In order for a sex tape to come out on Vivid, and the way that Kim Kardashian's sex tape came out on Vivid, both parties have to agree to the release of the sex tape. Both parties. So I can't just So there's take... no such thing as a leaked sex tape. Sure there is. But that but that sex but tape But then you get it taken down or sued yeah, or whatever. So like so at Kim Car at TMZ, there was a vault of sex tapes. Jeez. A vault of them. When I say a vault, there were there were sex tapes from all kinds of people. Because what would happen is, and some of them I've some of them I've well, not some of them, I've seen a lot of them. So what would happen? Like what I've seen all of them. So what would happen is people would people would make a sex tape, or they would have a sex tape. Let's say you dated a celebrity, or a celebrity dated you. You tape yourself having sex with a the celebrity. They then send it to TMZ, going, "I have this sex tape of this person." The story that TMZ can do, or any place like TMZ, is not about the sex tape itself. They can't show the sex tape. So people think that TMZ leaks your sex tape. They never do. They can't leak your sex tape. What TMZ does is a story saying that someone is trying to sell your sex tape. So if we get a sex tape of, this is not, we never got the sex tape of this person. We get a sex tape of Brad Pitt. We don't say, we don't show that. We say, hey, somebody, there's a sex tape of Brad Pitt that exists and somebody's trying to shop it. That's what we used to, that, that's what they used to do. They don't even do that anymore. At least they did when I left, right? Now they just completely leave it alone. But here's the thing. In order for you, in order for TMZ to verify that that story is true, they have to see the sex tape. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have to send them the sex tape. So they're not going to put up that there's a sex tape and somebody's trying to sell it unless they know that that's true. So in order for them to know that that's true, you have to send it to them and they have to be able to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they look at it, they then say, okay, this is the sex tape. This is the person. We can definitely see that it's them. And this person is trying to sell this sex tape or is interested in selling this sex tape. And then they, uh, they, they run the story or whatever. Now, as far as other sex tapes, if you've seen like an edited scene of a sex tape or stills from a sex tape or anything like that, that's because there was a, a deal made and Vivid or whomever else, Vivid, who is, which is an, uh, uh, an adult movie company vivid or whomever else has now obtained the rights to the tape and is now doing publicity on the tape and using tmz as their publicity arm to get word of the tape out so gotcha. if, if, if when the when he says he has signed contracts i'm not saying that he has those i don't know if he has them or not but in order for the kim kardashian sex tape to come out everybody had to sign off on it and that's just the reality. And that tape came out. Well, the first tape came out. So that Kron means so the first tape came out. So they signed off on it. Kim's people had to. Mm. It 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 uh it went to Vivid. It was on Vivid. It it they they had to. Now I don't know if there's some way to compel them to do it. So legally, I'm not sure if there's some way to 
to compel them to do it. I don't know if they did it under duress. I don't know if somebody goes to them and say, hey, when I say this, I don't mean that she was hunky-dory to put her sex tape out. I don't mean I don't mean that. I have no clue. I don't know if they go, hey, just to let you know, if you don't sign this for this to come out, we just gonna put it out anyway, and now you get no bread. Or if so, or I don't know how those machinations go, but I do know in order for it to be signed, packaged, and sold with her face on it, no blurring, her body's her likeness is completely on it, all of that stuff, both parties have to sign off on that. So what Wax seems to be insinuating here is that there are more tapes that possibly maybe there could be a situation to where she signed off on whatever sexual experiences that her and Ray J had had together that were caught on film mm-hmm. and and she had given them permission to put them out and maybe at some point Kim Kardashian becomes such a big star that she doesn't want to do this anymore or they sue them to stop the rest of this stuff to coming out. Wax seems to be insinuating that there's more stuff uh, that she has already signed and given permission to be released. Wow. And that why he has would he, it. Why would he want to do this right now? It's like, I mean. I have no clue. It's like the, she's she's moved on. She's got a family. Ray J said it. I, what I did note in Ray J's statement, he did not deny it. He just said, I moved on. I'm trying to be a father. I'm not, I don't want this in my life. He didn't say it's not, it's not a real thing. I did note that. And the same, but like, come on, man, like whack 100 living up to the name. Like let's just, that's, it's, it's just, nobody wants, wants that. Yeah. Look, that's not cool. I look, I, I can't say what's real and what's not. Um, I can say that at this point, the Kardashian empire is, just through the roof it's just like ridiculously uh important right it's ridiculously important it's ridiculously rich and they're gonna go through if in fact those other tapes did exist they would go through every single imaginable length to make sure that they don't see the light of day everything that they could possibly do to make sure that they don't come out. And at this point right now, like Ray J said, it would be embarrassing to Ray J too. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Ray J and Wack have been friends for a very, very long time. Like since Ray J was like a kid from what I understand. So, you know, who knows? But um, yeah, man, it's like, it's a, a lot of shit was happening in these internet streets in the last couple of days. A lot of shit. That's a too much. lot. A lot. Look, you, you're so, look at you. You're such a good person. You're so, your skin's crawling right now. You hate the fuck Well, because I just think, like, the, especially Kim's kid, the oldest, is old enough to, like, pick up a computer and Google this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, they've moved on. They've gotten married, divorced. And then you tried to sell it. And then also, let's not forget, he tried to sell it to Kanye first, as if Kanye was in the tape. What do you want to sell it to Kanye for? Well, because he I, figures that Kanye would buy yes, it to keep it for people, other people from yeah. buying it. Yeah. It's just slimy. It's it's just so dirty. Why? It's whack. That's what it is. All right. That's enough. That's enough podcast. This was a a little bit of a spizzy spice. Spizzy. It's a spicy podcast. That's a spicy. 
spicy podcast. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you ever heard that? You ever heard that guy, the spicy meatball guy? Remember him? <laughs> that's a spicy meatball. This says that that's a spicy pie. It really wasn't spicy, but we like we we think that's about it. What are the podcasts can go from the border crisis to <laughs> whack one hundred? We getting it over here. I don't. I did not want to talk about Whack 100. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. I was extremely, extremely curious as to what because I did ask you for explanations. I actually interviewed you. I actually interviewed you over the story more than anything. I lied. I wanted to know. (laughs) Do you think that Steph Curry will like this podcast? I hope so. You said it meant a lot to him that he said what's up and that he listened. So every time I watch Steph Curry shoot, I go to the gym and I'm like, you know what? If I just get up 500 a day, I can be him. Wow. I wish I had that much confidence in myself. I can shoot, but that's not, that's talent. See, I wonder why people don't think that that's talent. People go, oh my God, athletic talent is talent, but it's a lot of niggas that it don't matter how much you shoot, they're never going to go in like that. He's got a special kind of coordination and body control that just makes him have that yacker. Yeah, it's athletic. That's what they created and won for. This is my thing. This is the very serious question of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Van's very serious question of the week. Okay. You get control of white people. Oh, gosh. All of white people. All of them. Okay. You control every white person on the planet for 24 hours. What are you going to do? That's such a loaded question. Tell me. What am I going to do? You control. You you mind mind control control. every white person on the planet for 24 hours. What would you do? I wouldn't even need every single white person, right? I didn't say who you would need. I gave you. I think I I would divvy them up. You know, like, well, how would you give you? I don't know. I would. This is this is such a loaded question, you know, for uh, for ones with power, mm-hmm. one, for the white ones that had power. I would do something to where they gave it to us. Like I would be writing laws that would mm-hmm. benefit and help the community. But that's not going to matter because you, you you can write the laws. You only got them for 24 hours. Are you kidding me? I can rewrite everything. Why would it have to go through a system? I could yeah. write it. I could pass it. I could it, do it's not gonna happen. Why are you messing with my twenty four hours? Because because it, no, it, see, this is this is what I mean about loaded. Yes, I can. If I'm the it, governor, I could call an emergency session. We I gather everybody there. I could pass something. You know what I mean? Right. It could maybe be okay. Right. Thank you. I take right. some to the bank, uh-huh. and we'd be emptying some stuff out and right. giving and giving back because it wouldn't be about me. It would be for the people. Right. Right. The right. haves we would be giving to the have nots. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else would I do? I'd make mm-hmm. some apologize for some things maybe right. that they've done. There'd be some apologies given. All right, I'm done. I gave you three. Nice. Okay, nice. thank you. Nice, nice. The and first, you? the first thing I would do is return the land. So this is what I would do. My day <laughs> See, would be. My day would be. So thought about this before. My <laughs> day would be. My day would be divvied up into three different sections. Okay. All right. Uh the the first part of the day is going to be a research part. So we're going to have the finest minds in the world working on the problem of how black Americans lost the 
in the 1900s, black Americans owned around 15 million acres of land. Now we own less than five or something like that. So I w- we want our land back. Usury, white terrorism, uh, bad contract buying schemes and stuff like that. All of that stopped us and took our land from us. We want that land back and we want more land. The whole my whole day, my whole 24 hour process is one big land grab. Okay. We're we going to get all kinds. You know what? Ted Turner. Ted Turner by himself owns more land than like three quarters of black America. Ted got to come off some of that land. <laughs> land. 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 It's going to be a lot of land because land is something that once we have it, That's they're true. not going to be able to come get it back from us. We can have the land. We can have the fucking land i want the land back and also we're gonna get a lot of movies we're gonna get a lot of different movies greenlit and we're gonna get the contracts written we're gonna get all the movies made that we want to get made we're gonna change up everything okay so you, you're you, all about the contracts right you're oh, gonna bind them you're gonna bind them in 24 bind, hours bind. so when they, they gonna, snap out of it well, they're they gonna, gonna be like, like what you, the fuck gonna, they're gonna be like jesus gonna be like whack 100 i got one to sign contracts for one two and three uh, one two and three they're gonna wake <laughs> up in the morning like jesus christ <laughs> like, like people had who, who greenlit sold playing the tv show who fucking <laughs> greenlit that jesus christ who greenlit a whole fucking television show on what Calvin from McDonald's is doing now. Like, <laughs> like, like who greenlit that? Now, let me ask you a question. You're not curious about that? You're not curious about what Calvin from McDonald's is doing now? They never updated us on what happened to Calvin. Calvin got a job. At McDonald's, think about how fucked up things were that Calvin got a job at McDonald's and the whole fucking neighborhood celebrated. That's how it's fucked up it is out article. there. About what happened to Calvin? <laughs> yeah. What is he doing now? I don't, this is like seven years ago. I want to know. What happened to Calvin? Most of us who were 90s teens remember Calvin. We watched him grow over a few years as he progressed from a young kid looking forward to his new job at McDonald's to ultimately working his way up to manager manager does calvin own the mcdonald's does calvin own several mcdonald's did calvin make an offshoot of mcdonald's called mcdowell's or mccalvin's the calvin <laughs> steal the, the, the calvin steal the shit the calvin fucked the mcdonald's off the calvin get a little feely with with the fucking register did calvin embarrass us or the calvin like that's the kind of shit that if we were in control those are the kind of questions of course, with other things, we probably help fix Africa, all of that stuff. But those are the kind of questions that white people just forget about. They put out the whole Calvin thing, and then they make us get involved and invested in the Calvin, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. That's the shit. That's the shit I would be doing with my daughter. I'm trying to find it. He's nowhere to be found. I just He's want nowhere, to, to, I just want nowhere to be found. He's in my 24 hours, I would definitively find what the <laughs> fuck happened to Calvin. As a matter of fact, I want to talk to Thought Warriors. This is your task. Put your tentacles out. Put your feelers out. I want to talk to the actor who played Calvin. Where is he at? Where is he? Like, what? where is he at? What is he doing? The actor who played Calvin. Is Calvin okay? (laughs) 
That's enough podcast. Let's go. Right. Let's Take go. your thinking caps <laughs> off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. <laughs> I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out. Bye.